Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. It was a big week for the space organization NASA last week, as a spacecraft flew within 700 kilometers of a comet. You might have seen the amazing pictures of the comet, which is about 3,000 kilometers long and looks a little bit like a bone flying through space. The deep impact spacecraft was actually meant to explore another comet five years ago, which it did successfully, but had enough fuel left over to go and find another comet, which happened last week. Comets are believed to be remnants of when our own solar system formed about four and a half billion years ago, and are in irregular orbits around our own sun. Perhaps the most famous comet is Halley's comet, which is visible from Earth every 75 years or so, and is next due to visit our neighborhood in the year 2061. So don't wait up for it. However, if you are a space traveler, then how do you know where you are in the universe? Here on Earth, we are used to using maps developed by centuries of world explorers, and more recently, GPS from satellites that can pinpoint our location down to a few meters. However, in deep space, there aren't any road maps available. So, how can we find our way around if we were to be interstellar explorers? The most likely method would be to use the signals from former exploded stars called pulsars, which emit beams of electromagnetic radiation with the regularity and precision of an atomic clock. So, by mapping where the different pulsars are in the universe, then we could use the same sort of triangulation methods that early explorers did with the stars here on Earth to find out where we were in the universe. At least that is what astronomers are suggesting at the moment. But as we are still many decades from manned flight in deep space, at least we'll have a lot of time in the interim to decide where we want to go. In the last couple of weekends, many countries around the world have been adjusting their clocks and putting the time back one hour. Then, in the spring, the same countries will advance the clocks by one hour. The idea of the long-standing tradition is that it is possible to make more use of the warmer and longer daylight hours in the summer. Less lighting is needed in the summer evenings, and so more energy is saved. In the winter time, the days are short anyway, and so shifting the clocks wouldn't be so necessary. Not all countries do it, but many European and American countries will have put their clocks back one hour in the last few weeks. Whilst some countries in the southern hemisphere that are approaching springtime advance their clocks one hour at this time of year. But with people's different working patterns and more efficient lighting, then maybe there is no need to continue this tradition. But for people in countries that did put their clocks back in the last weekends, then that did mean an extra hour in bed on Saturday night. It's always good to have breakthroughs in science. 
In an amazing story from Finland, a blind man there was able to see again after scientists added a computer chip to the retina at the back of his eye. What was particularly remarkable about this case was that most of the man's eye was still used, but the computer chip was used to process the signals coming through his eye and then send those signals to his brain. The images the man saw weren't exactly the same as years ago when he could see naturally, but they were good enough for him to make out words and images. There is still a lot of work to be done in this area to eradicate blindness, but the research is looking hopeful. As we get older, our memory starts to deteriorate. But even when we are young, we would all probably like to have better memories. And in some strange experiments at Britain's University of Oxford, patients who were subjected to a minor electrical charge passing through their brain seem to show signs of better memory. A mild electric current was passed through the skull into the part of the brain where numbers are processed. In the tests afterward, the patients could remember symbols and numbers better, and this seemed to work for many months afterwards. It seems that the tiny electric current stimulated the nerves more and enabled them to work more efficiently. But of course, you don't need me to remind you not to put your head in the power socket to try and remember your exam answers better. It doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the science blog for this week. Read it back again on the Teen Time website, and I'll see you next week with more. Teen Time presents podcast on demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time podcast on demand. <laughs>